Hope you're having a special holiday weekend. We've had a few different things that we've attended and enjoyed and been a real blessing. A lot of people are traveling. I heard that uh, over 3 million Texans this year are out on the road, so y'all need to watch out because they're out there. And uh, I don't know why, I, I haven't figured it out yet, but there are just people that like to get very close to my license plate, my rear license plate and on the freeway. It doesn't matter what lane I'm in, they like to uh, get right there close. And since I am a born-again believer, I don't tap my brakes like I would like to, but <laughs> there you go, <laughs> that's... I like that. Who did that? That's great. Oh, <laughs> all right. All right. Would you say, would you save that for later? We may need some of those throughout the message, but, uh, but anyway, we're looking forward to it. So Northbelt has a few traditions, not many, but we have a few. Uh, one is that when we think about Independence Day, what, I mean, I hate to just put you on the spot. Does anybody remember what we say instead of Independence Day? What do we say? De Dependence Day. This is the day that the, the believers need to recognize, I don't need to be independent of God. I need to be totally dependent on God. So we want to begin this message today a little different than we have done in the past. I have Matt Adams prepared to read something that I think you'll find interesting. Take note, we have a missionary. I think he's the missionary that we've supported the longest of any missionary, Dick Bauckham. And I think, I know it's been over 25 years since that we've been supporting him. And Recently, in the last, say, four months or so, he's been sending me a, an encouraging text every Saturday, letting me know that he and his wife are praying specifically for me as I prepare and as we prepare for worship. And he sent this yesterday, and I got a hold of Matt, and Matt has agreed to read it. So y'all listen, this is very good and very encouraging. It'll start the message off. So Matt, why don't you come? On March 30th, 1863, the 16th President of the United States, Abraham Lincoln, made a proclamation calling for a, day, a national day of fasting, humiliation, and prayer. He recognized the hand of God in founding, the founding of our nation, and he recognized that if our nation was to continue, we needed his grace and mercy upon us. Likewise, we are in a, a state of turmoil, confusion, division, sinful pride, and we do well to heed these words of President Lincoln. It is the duty of nations as well as of men to own their dependence upon the overruling power of God, to confess their sins and transgressions, 
in humble sorrow, yet with assured hope that genuine repentance will lead to mercy and pardon, and to recognize the sublime truth announced in the Holy Scriptures and proven by all history that those nations only are blessed whose God is the Lord. And insomuch as we know that, by his divine law, nations, like individuals, are subjected to punishments and chastisements in this world, may, not, may we not justly fear that the awful calamity of civil war, which now desolates the land, may be, put, may be but a punishment inflicted upon us for our presumptuous sins, to the needful end of our national reformation as a whole people. We have been the recipient, recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation has ever grown. But we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched us and, and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with the unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace, too proud to pray to the God that made us. It behooves us then to humble ourselves before the offended power, to confess our national sins, and to pray for the clemency, clemency and forgiveness. Abraham Lincoln. You know, it's one thing for a nation to declare her independence, that's acceptable. And we appreciate it and participate in it. But it's totally another for each of us to recognize our utter dependence upon our Heavenly Father. So, as the Lord was working in my heart about this message for this morning, there are several hindrances to us declaring our dependence. But I just thought we'd just go over one basic one, because I think as we think about this one basic one, that many others, if you were to just, you know, spot different ones, hindrances, they can probably all be traced back basically to this one. And of course, um, this first, and I think the very main reason that we, that man... And believers fall into that category that we don't want to declare our dependence upon God is because of pride. Uh, in fact, you can count on this. There will be many proud individuals burning in hell because they would not allow themselves to be humbled before Almighty God. They were too proud to admit that they had a need. They were too proud to admit that they needed a Savior, that they were sinners. They were too proud to acknowledge that they were in need of God's mercy. 
So why don't we turn, if you will, to Matthew 18. We find a discussion going on with the disciples and the Lord Jesus. Verse 1 of chapter 18, the book of Matthew. At the same time, the disciples uh, came, the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. So the Lord Jesus dealt with the issue of who's going to be the greatest by saying you must be converted and you must become at that conversion as a little child. Now, if you think about it, there are a lot of analogies with children, but if you think about Uh, A little child, when they're hungry, they express their need. To whom? To their parents. They cry to their mother and their dad, I'm hungry. When a child is in new surroundings, have you ever been out someplace that you'd not been before and your child is little toddler, little, little ones walking around, maybe holding your hand, and they're insecure they're in strange surroundings. They get closer and closer. They become your shadow. You, they, they climb up your leg. And, and they, they are insecure. But they need their mother and their dad. They recognize their need. When a child is afraid at night, who do they crawl in bed with? Probably not brother or sister. They probably go crawl in bed with mother and dad. And when they're sick, Whose lap do they want to be in? Mothers. Mother and dad. So, pride, there are a lot of ways to describe pride, and and we're not going to get into all of it, but just, just the idea of pride says, I can do this. But today, have you picked up on the vernacular? It's very similar to that. And people say it all the time, I've got this. I've got this. And we hear it. It's become very common. I've got this. Be careful that you don't see the danger of, well, I can handle this. I can take care of this. This is my area. It'll be okay. I've got everything's under control. Pride refuses to acknowledge a need. So many people are really too smart, they think, to acknowledge they even need God. And I know some people like that. They're too intelligent. They have too many scientific facts. And, And they just will not admit that they have a need of God. They're too self sufficient. The bottom line a prideful man is so independent, he refuses to humble himself and confess his sin, fall on his face, 
as a broken man crying out to God for mercy and salvation. May I encourage you, if today you're in a situation where you look up and you realize, you know what, I don't really believe I'm saved. And listen, that's happened here. I don't believe I'm saved. Pride, I'm going to just warn you, pride is going to keep you from making that decision to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Pride's going to, really is going to take you all the way to hell. Because you are in a place that you say, what do I do? I've been faithful to this church. I've been coming. I've been on the rolls. I've been a member. Whatever you say, in your heart you know, I've never really been born again. I'm not saved. Now, the longer you go faking it, the harder it seems to be. That's why statistically, if you look at statistics of, and there are groups that keep records of salvations, there's fewer salvations in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. Because the longer you postpone, the more you put it off, the more you say, I'll wait till next Sunday. Well, I can just tell you this, you have no guarantee of next Sunday. We had a very, very sad situation that we were aware of this last week or so. A police officer in, in Bryan was engaged to apparently a really sweet, young 23-year-old girl. She was, I believe, if I understood correctly, I think she was a nurse. She was driving on the road, and a truck, an 18-wheeler, came across on her side, hit her head on, and killed her. And they had that funeral this week. 23 years old, engaged, looking forward to a good, great future. You just don't know. You don't have any guarantee. You can't wait till next Sunday's invitation. If the Holy Spirit's working on your heart today, if the Holy Spirit is telling you you're lost, you need to be saved today. Pride is going to continue to build up and it's going to say, but what will people think? Let me tell you what people will think at this church. They're going to clap. They're going to rejoice. They're going to high five. They're going to be so excited that you came to Jesus and they're not ever going to say, well, wait a minute. Why did you fake it all those years? They're not going to say that to you. They're going to rejoice and they're going to be excited. And it's happened here since I've been the pastor. So the longer you wait, the harder it may seem to be. But today could be the greatest day of your life. If you just come to Jesus. But you're going to have to deal with the pride issue. You're going to have to confess it as sin. And you're going to have to turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't pretend any longer. Get saved. Today, we've known of people that have been gloriously saved. I never will forget Skip Smith and Anita Smith. One time, um, they were telling me about some salvations at their church. And uh, Anita was telling us, and she said, oh, this man was gloriously saved. And I said, gloriously? But I, he was a voting member of your church. Yeah, but he, he was lost. And one day he walked the aisle and he came to Jesus and he was gloriously saved. 
That's the scary thing about the, uh, congregational rule. Because I've seen that happen many, many times where people that are lost out there voting. You can't tell me they, they, they don't have the Spirit of God. So uh, they're, not, they're not in touch with God at all in any way. But yet they still have a vote if they're a member. So <clears throat> humility is important, it's necessary, and it's a part of salvation, really, when you come right down to it, because you're going to have to humble yourself and, and admit to God that what He says about you and about us is true, that we are sinners, all of us. You can, be, you can come from a wonderful family, have a great upbringing, live on the right side of the tracks, and be lost as you can be. And so it's really important that you realize the necessity today that you come to Jesus and be converted and be like that little child. It's going to take some genuine humility on your part to confess. But not only do lost people struggle, not only do lost people struggle with uh, independence, so do believers. Believers struggle with being independent. And, and it, it's, it really goes along hand in hand with our old nature, our old man. We claim victories that we have no right to claim. Uh, you can think about some of the major battles you've had in your life. And I think of war and I think of battlefields, but, but we've all have been on the battlefield. We're all in different classrooms and you've, and you've succeeded. Things have turned out right. And, and sometimes we hear individual believers saying things like, you know, we just had to grab ourselves by the bootstraps and tough it out. It's, it's really important that you recognize that every single victory that we have, it's all because of God. It's all because of His power. It's all because of His might. It's all because of Him. He's given you the ability to have the victory that you have in your life, no matter what it is. Some people are very... And listen, I, Christians battle spiritual pride. They really battle. I've, I've seen it here off and on from time to time, you know, you'll have a family and they'll be like, you know, lined up. Everybody's got everything just right, lined up like little ducks in a row. And, and you can tell they've got this spiritual pride. And it's really important to allow the Lord to help us to realize that if there's any success in your family, any your children grow up and all of them love the Lord and everything's going right and all your grandchildren are loving the Lord, it's all because of Him. And really, to be honest, it's really not anything to do with you. It's really about Him. So don't be, let spiritual pride build up. Medical, science, these people, they, they have accomplished wonderful achievements. But don't let it be because it's my determination or my hard work or my superior training, the school that I went to and the professors that I had. 
Yes, it does require determination. It does require hard work. And yes, great teachers are so important in training us. And they do play a vital part. But a smart, intelligent, wise medical doctor didn't become a smart, wise medical doctor by stretching out in a hammock, drinking sun tea, and eating raisins all day long. They had to do some work. They had to put some effort into it. It's important that we acknowledge. I mean, I'm getting to the plate. I can remember Mrs. Jones. She would tell me that she would say, I trust God for a parking space at Sam's. And I, you know, I was in my 30s and 40s. And, you know, I said, uh, I don't want a close parking place because I want the exercise. I like to park way out. So I can walk and get that exercise. Now I know what she's talking about. I almost do backflips when I see a spot up close. And it's, it, but everything, see, it's important. It's so necessary that we, if we're going to be dependent, it's every single thing that happens in your life. You need to see the hand of God in it. You need to see him opening a door. You need to see him, see him closing a door. You need to see him uh, exercising his power in your life. And realize that it didn't come from you. It came straight from him. And so it's a to everything that, that happens. We need to recognize it, it came from him. The strength just to get up. I saw a man this, uh, this week, and I was in the little local gas station. We have a gas station. It's, I think it's got three pumps, and they actually, they, I know this is hard to believe, they actually have uh, a person come out and pump your gas for you, and they actually take a squeegee and, and do your windshields. And there's no extra charge. And by the way, uh, inspection sticker in Leon County is pretty cheap compared to any other county because they don't do emissions there in Leon County. <clears throat> so I was in there, and this older man, I, I think he was probably a little bit younger than I am, but he was, uh, I, he, I, I spoke to him and uh, said, well, how are you today? He said, I'm here. And I said, well, we're on the right side of the daisies, right? And uh, we just struck up a conversation and visited and carried on. But look, it's important, folks, that even just the strength to, to get through the day, we need to recognize that came from God. The breath that you take. Listen, there are people on ventilators and have been on ventilators. We need to recognize each breath is from God. Don't take it for granted. Don't become independent of our faithful creator, our wealth. And as, and as was read in that declaration, we have been a wealthy nation. We are a wealthy nation. And many folks that I know have done very, very well financially. And so don't claim it's your 
faithfulness to the job. It's all the overtime that you're willing to put in for your family. And it's all the special training that you have so that you can climb the ladder of success. And by the way, I have some skill sets that are really mine that I, I've, I've really, you know, worked on and enhanced. And, I'm, and, I, and so much of this is happening because of my hard work. I have what I have because of my skills. We need to be reminded of the warning, and it's really such, this Deuteronomy 8 is really one of my favorite. I've, I have several, but I love Deuteronomy 8. If you'll turn there with me. Really addresses what I'm talking about here today. Deuteronomy, if you'll turn there in your Bibles, Deuteronomy 8, beginning in verse 11. And by the way, as I think back over my life, I was in the military and I've told you this story about the fire. We were offloading bombs and ammunition on a, a civilian uh, ship out in Da Nang Harbor. And I was sent back to the back of the aft of the, the ship and uh, discovered a fire in the hole. There was uh, uh, shavings and things. A light had been left down on the uh, deck and... Uh, and there was a fire, flames, you know, licking the sky. It wasn't that high yet. But I went back for the, for the radio because we had left the radio back there. And if, if that had not happened, if we would not forgotten the radio, I would have been shark bait. And I wouldn't be standing here today. Because that ship would have blown to pieces. Now, that's one incidence. We had snipers on Monkey Mountain shooting down at the, the trucks that we were being transported on. We could hear the rifle sh shots and, and some of the men would actually get down underneath the wooden seats and hope that that would help, and which it wouldn't. But, and then as a police officer, how many times I could have been killed. You have to recognize your protection. That God, every day, if you wake up and your house hasn't been burglarized, you haven't been attacked in the night, or you travel any distance at all, you take a trip, you go a thousand miles, whatever it is, you go back and forth to work. Every day, you ought to be on your face thanking God, saying, thank you, Lord, for my protection. Because it's all from you. It's not my good driving. It's you. It's your hand. And this is what this chapter Really, a lot of things in this chapter, but beginning in verse 11. <clears throat> Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Now, look at this, and I love the way this unfolds. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and they do, and my, thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up. What is that? That's pride. That's pride. Then my heart is lifted up. And thou forget the Lord thy God which brought thee, out, uh, thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. 
who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water and brought forth water out of the rock of Flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee and that he might prove thee or test thee to do thee good at thy latter end. And thou say in thy heart, my power and the might of my hand hath gotten me this wealth. You see, that's, what I, that's the whole message. That's the whole message. When we prosper, when we do well, when we get pay increases, when we have, live in nice homes and we drive decent vehicles, it is very easy for our hearts to get lifted up and say, it's all because of my hard work. I've, I've sacrificed for my family. And, and this is why we're in the position. Please guard against that. Please don't allow yourself to go there. Let me just remind you how quickly, how quickly wealth and prosperity and nice vehicles and nice things can be taken away. Before COVID, you can do the research. Before COVID, the economy in America was one of the greatest, if not the greatest economy in our history. Unemployment was down. Stocks were up. America was on a financial high. Then came COVID. The bottom fell out. Now, folks, I want you to hear me on this part, please. Because I prepared this. And I believe with God's leadership and God's direction. We can blame China. We can blame Dr. Fauci. We can blame the president. We can even blame our governor. But the bottom line, the bottom line is God allowed it. And I believe for many reasons. But I believe the main reason, I believe the main reason that individuals around the world, but especially in America and American Christians, needed to be humbled before God. And this is my personal opinion. I believe many of us failed the test. We blamed leaders. We've blamed the elders. And we've blamed it all on a conspiracy. Corrupt politicians are not. And there, and there are plenty of those, them. But I have to ask you, do you believe in the absolute sovereignty of God? Do you believe, as I believe, that nothing, folks, nothing, and this, listen, doctors, we can blame doctors, we can blame all kind of things, <clears throat> but nothing can come into your life without God's divine permission. 
Nothing. Nothing can get to us. Nothing can come. Unless God gives his approval. The process of being humbled is often not very pleasant. The process of being conformed into the image of Christ is often very painful. But you know, we do have some issues in this whole idea of pride and independence and dependence is that our flesh is very capable Our flesh is very capable of producing what might seem to some as spirituality. Our flesh. Now, let's think about the loss just for a moment. I'm going to turn to Matthew 7, if you'd like to turn there. Matthew 7. First, this is a, a picture of the lost. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, this is 21, I'm sorry, verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Now look at this. Didn't say a few will say. It says many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. That is a a lost person producing spiritual activity. To the onlookers, those that are watching on the sidelines, they are seeing what they are calling spiritual activity. They're saying this is a spiritual person. Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew thee, or knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I never knew you. It wasn't that I knew you for a time, and then you lost your salvation. I never knew you. You've never been mine. But yet, this lost person prophesied, cast out devils in the name of Jesus, and did many wonderful works. And yet, those most dreadful words, depart from me. Depart from me. You don't want to hear those words. Depart from me. We need to be very, very careful that we may seem to be spiritual, but it may be nothing more than fleshly, human effort, carnal work. And lost people are capable of looking spiritual. Others may not detect it, but God knows your heart. God knows who you are and the people that, are, that fall into this category. We have had 
people in the past, some that have outwardly looked really spiritual. They sounded really spiritual. But as years have gone by, some of those have now grown up into be adults and have their own families. Guess what? Their true heart has been shown with alcohol and immodest dress. A lack of self-control, sowing seeds of discord. You know, we still have time today. We have the opportunity to respond to our Father. And He wants us to say yes to Him, to sincerely bow our hearts and say, Lord, I need you. I need you. I need your hand. I need your, your power in my life. Let me just say something without really stirring up a whole bunch of emails. I want you to just think with me about this idea of how important it is for the believer to respond. I, there, are, there are doctrines, and I'm not going to name the doctrine because I don't want people to get really worked up over this. But there are doctrines that some Baptists really preach. But I just have to ask you. Is it possible? And I, and I believe according to Ephesians chapter 2. That we can produce works. So here's a lost person. A lost person that is without Christ. They've never responded to uh, the Lord Jesus Christ in any way, they do not have the Holy Spirit in their life, okay? The Holy Spirit, they're lost. And they've not asked to be saved, and the Holy Spirit has not come into their spirit. Okay, get the picture? Lost. No Holy Spirit. And yet, there are people that tell them that they need to stop certain act, sinful activity before you can get saved. Now, are y'all with me? If they, if they stop, if they can stop and it's without the Holy Spirit, they, have, they don't have the Holy Spirit, they've not been born again yet. And if they stop, what is that? It's two things. It, it's works. It's works. It's, it's, the, it's the, the ability of man. It's a strong will. Determination. But it's works. Look at, let's turn to uh, Ephesians chapter 2 real quick. Ephesians chapter 2. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. See, what, what that's saying, now if you really think about it, you're lost and you do not have the Holy Spirit, but you're to stop certain sins before you can come to Christ. That means you, you are doing a work. For by grace... Or by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. 
It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. If you can do this without the Holy Spirit, then it's flesh. It's just like Matthew 7. I performed, uh, I prophesied in your name. I cast out devils in your name. I performed many wonderful works in your name, but I didn't have Jesus in my life. And so if I can stop cocaine, or if I can stop a lifestyle, or if I can stop whatever sin it is, without the Holy Spirit, that is a work and that is flesh. And I don't know if that's getting through to anybody. But when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're born again. You're quickened by God's Spirit. Now you have the very power of God in you. Now. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Rolled away that tomb. Was raised the third day. That same power that raised him, now lives and resides in you. Now, tell me I can stop my sin. And now I can. Because I, it's not me. It's, I'm dependent on the power of God to do it. It's not my flesh. It's not my strong determination. It's not my willpower. It's the power of God. So, it's very, very important that we are warned, that we're careful, that we don't allow pride to control us. Pride can destroy us. And the scripture warns of the danger of pride. Proverbs 11:2. When pride cometh, then cometh shame. But with the lowly is wisdom. Proverbs 16:18. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 21.4 A high look and a proud heart and the plowing of the wicked is sin. Proverbs 28.25 He that is of a proud heart stirreth up strife, but he that putteth his trust in the Lord shall be made fat. On and on the scripture goes warning us of the danger of independence and the danger of pride now we're coming to the invitation and the invitation is for all of us who know Jesus Christ to humble ourselves recognize these areas of pride and we all can battle it pride of success and pride of this and pride of that confess that to the Lord and recognize that you didn't get where you are on your own strength. You got there because he gave you the power and the might to accomplish what you've done. And during this invitation, would you please say to the Lord, I need you. Lord, keep me needy. I need you. Would you just pray? Would you pray during this invitation? Lord, please Please keep me needy. Help me to be needy. Help me to always depend on you. And if you're here today and you've never been born again, you've never been saved, we encourage you to respond to Jesus Christ today. You never know.
You never know. There may be somebody here in the sound of my voice that would like to bow their heart before God and say, God, I've never been saved. I've been faking it. I've been pretending all these years. But I need to be saved today. You could be. You could be. And it could be the most grand and glorious day. And we would all rejoice. No matter how long you've been a member. So we want to encourage you to respond to the Lord Jesus Christ. Confess your sin. Confess your pride. And give your heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Believer, it's really, life is so short. It's time that many of us deal with this issue of pride and this ability that we have to claim victories that aren't ours. So let's spend some time in prayer and as we think about what God is going to show us and deal with us about, and then let's respond accordingly as he leads during this invitation. Father in heaven, we are so grateful to you for your word. We thank you for the many examples in Matthew and in Deuteronomy, different places in the Bible, Proverbs. Deal with our need to humble ourselves and be dependent on you. I pray, Father, that you would accomplish your will and that you would speak to hearts and that we would say, yes, Lord, keep me needy. I need to be needy. I need to depend on you totally for every breath I take and every step I take. I pray that today would be a glorious day as we celebrate uh, this special time in our nation's history. We just pray all this in the precious, wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.